So this next letter is from Alan. And he says, Having been in positions of running the show, quote unquote, and at times having 125 to 200 people under my guidance, I come to you with one thought. Silence allows the soul to speak directly to the soul you wish to reach. And if their soul cannot hear, then no words will ever be enough to get much deeper than their ears. Think it through. It is the virus of words and the belief of ego that it knows through intellect what to say and how to reach others that has got us into this state of chaos. And would the same would that same ego, once it sees that truth, then think that it could use words to talk its way out of this mess? Oh, Alan, I love this. Well, let me keep going. <laughs> I would hope that mankind would see that folly and take a vow of silence so all borders are truly wiped away and the spirit of collective consciousness is able to consume us all. I've always thought that the Bible hinted at this when it says two will go up to the rooftop and only one will come down, etc. It's not talking about two actual people in these series or these stories. It's meaning that spiritual consciousness and physical self will merge. Love that. <laughs> Two become one. Remember the kingdom, the realm of heaven or spirit is within. And our father, essence of soul, is in heaven, which is the dimension of spirit or energy which it is. <laughs> Surely it is the same collective consciousness. Yep. In other words, our soul mate has always been here with us and it will leave this existence when ego doesn't. So the two becoming one is all about ego dying before we physically die. Hint, no egos ever make it to that dimension that we refer to as heaven. <laughs> yeah. Because we leave the ego behind, because we are present. Although, as you so often point out, there are many, many various vibrations of spirit trapped in various stages of transformation. Ghosts, demons, ghouls, and various ops. <laughs> so, oh, I, this is great, Ellen. Um, I agree with you to a point. I use silence momentarily when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with somebody and in that moment of silence I say something mind to mind they almost always hear it because there's nothing else to listen for at that moment so yes most people are not developed enough to get by without the support of words but I so agree with you the virus of words and fear and crap that we're trading back and forth is just making the problem worse. I look out at the at what's going on every day and think, my God, people believe this crap. They they actually they're getting all bent out of shape and worried, and there's no need to even pay one ounce of attention to that. 
Some people are going to pay attention to it because that's what they're here to deal with. But the rest of us need to move on, build a new world, talk about what we're creating, about the joy. Talk is powerful. It does shape reality. Silence is absolutely golden. You know, I have a friend who was, uh, I think he started out as a stockbroker in Montreal and um, decided to go to Tibet and become a monk. And he spent, um, I think, I, I forget how many years, but of those years, he spent two years living in a chair and two years in absolute and utter silence. And for somebody that talked a lot, he said it was mind-blowing what he learned, what he understood, what he saw in that silence. So, I agree. If you can't be silent within, you are never going to see what's going on without. At least consider some inner silence from time to time. Pick a day, put on your silent hat, tell your family, your spouse, don't talk to me today, I'm, I'm observing. And then just go about your day and see what you see. Hear what you hear. Feel what you feel. Wow. You'll be changed at the core. So, <clears throat> Very good. And let's start talking or let's stop talking about all this. But this, you know, I'm going to get myself in trouble. So I, I better be quiet. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> the next question is from Frank. So. So he's commenting, he says, truly fascinating, but I'm not sure about what. Um, question, can we as individuals summon the strength to oppose our egos and make our own personal choices in life without the outside cultural influences we are taught from cradle to grave? Yeah, absolutely. You can't really fight your ego. Your ego is your friend. You need your ego. It's watching. You know, it does get twisted in, in this culture, but it only takes one day, one minute to realize, oh, you know, when I'm totally present, that ego falls to the background. And it's not going to fall to the background until you are totally present, because that's its job is to be present to what's going on, what's happening in order to protect you. Okay, so he says, example, can we release the controlling ego enough to make inner, personal, positive, directional choices so that when something happens that everyone claims as bad or negative, we can still, in the face of convention, remain on an inner, positive path, regardless of what the rest of the world would have us think and do. Yeah, it's called integrity. It's called being in oneness with love. It's called being honest and being real. 
So if the world wants you to think something is bad, you have to decide for yourself. Is that something I think is bad? Or what am I really seeing here is the question that I always ask. What's really going on here behind the scenes that they, and they could be the government, could be the media, could be some other thing, could be family, that they want me to think X, Y, or Z. What's really happening? What's the agenda? Once you figure that out, the rest is a piece of cake. And I, I say it again, you know, do not be trying to dump your ego. Develop your spirit of self. Develop your real self. And the ego just kind of falls naturally to the background. Okay? So, um, when you believe your ego is bad or your enemy, that's where all your energy and attention goes. And at the end of the life, you realize, ah, I didn't get anywhere because I was busy fighting. Um, I was fighting myself. You cannot fight yourself. Be honest and, and ask. Or I say to my kids all the time, or people, students, whatever, why is that bad? You know, what about this? What about that? What if he needed, or what if she needed, or what if they thought, or what if they were worried about, or what if they were told? You know, stop judging. Just observe. And that's really all the ego does, is observe. That's its job. So, don't call it the ego if you've been taught to judge. Okay. Uh, let's see. Thanks for that, Frank. That's a good question. 